the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Disciples Pathway Ministries. Welcome to Disciples Pathway Ministries, a mobile ministry with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Disciples Pathway Ministry is a mobile ministry advancing the kingdom of God so that no one is left behind when Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, returns for his great church. Good Sunday afternoon, family. This is Minister Dion. I'm standing in place and standing for my mother, Minister Robbie. She loves you all. She cares for you all. She's praying for you all. And we hope that you all are praying for our family as well. Hey, we're going to be finishing up on our series of faith being the currency of heaven. Faith being the currency of heaven. It's been a long one. This is a four-part series. I feel like we've been on a four-by-two, four-by-four relay here. And the fourth leg is always the strongest leg. So let's finish strong, family. And I just want to elaborate on, you know, the reason why this thing extended out so long is because, you know, I was talking, my wife and I, and I told her the importance of tearing with the thing. See, we live in a culture in a day and age where everything has to happen fast. Everything happens so conveniently, but it's, it's one thing to, to, to get it and go. And it's one thing to get it and stay. Because the more time you spend with a thing, the more valuable it becomes, the more heavier it sits. So when a thing sits down heavy on you, when the winds of culture, society, distractions, the cares of life come in, it'll remain. It'll remain steadfast. And so, again, this is why I come to you all as diligently as I do, as what the Spirit will allow me to do, as what God has strengthened me to do, so that these things will remain in us. As the day is growing darker, we can remain in his marvelous light. And so I'm going to review uh, some highlights of uh, last message. We talked about grace uh, or we <laughs> called it Grace Bank International. You know, this is the place where God measures us, our faith, as we uh, began this quest on in Romans 12, verse three. For God measures to each man faith. All right. God measures his faith from the bank of grace. And so I want to say a quick prayer to uh, for our knowledge, wisdom and understanding as we finished up and finished through with this thing. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time that you have brought us all together. Thank you for your word that has gone out. Thank you for your word that is refuge over our head. That is the foundation underneath our feet. Thank you for your mercies that endured forever. Thank you for your bank of grace of which you poured out unto us riches, supplied all our needs. Thank you for loving us and that you first loved us. Father, as we come before your word, may you give us indeed knowledge, wisdom and understanding, removing all distractions. That we may receive all that there is to receive this day and this time and hour. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. So, again, I bring up Romans 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, 
but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Okay, so in previous messages, we addressed the measure of faith and we addressed the grace aspect of this verse. But what is high thinking? We hit on it a little bit last message where we say we, we, we mentioned that this is Satan's greatest influence in our in our human in, in our human bodies is our uh, high thinking is our ability to think beyond what God is measured us or what God has given us to think. And this word high thinking here in the Bible is defined as to be overly proud, be vain or arrogant in that which one considers, meditates, intends or desires. To be arrogant, to be pompous, to be proud. Pretty much to act without on the outside of the measure that God has given us. A couple of messages ago, we talked about laws and the importance of law. We brought up the analogy that no matter how big and strong an athlete is, they can only play and be effective within the bounds. There's no play made out of bounds. There's not a game-winning shot. There's not a, a, a game-winning touchdown score. There's not a statistic or a stat or anything that is recorded out of bounds. And so, again, God measures us. Faith. So because it's a measurement, that means it has limitations. And within those limitations, God is limitless. But Satan has seduced us into thinking that because of these limits, we are restricted. We are depressed and compressed. And subjected to the limit or or, 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 or or the roof or the top that God has put over us. Well, really, that roof or that top is just protection. This is why he calls himself a refuge. Elion, the most high God. But again, the enemy has seduced us into thinking that the limitless God has made us limited because he doesn't want us to be like him. We see this. First happened in Genesis chapter three, verses four. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Do you ever wonder why nobody likes to know it all? Because to say that, you know, it all or to think or highly think that, you know, it all is to make yourself all knowing, which is to make yourself omnipresent. Since knowledge is power, now you are to imply that you are omnipotent or omnipotent. Since power is so influential and felt everywhere by everyone in his range, now you're implying that you're omnipresent. You cannot tell me that the implications of being omnipotent, omnipotent and omnipresent is not arrogant. To think so much of yourself, to think so great of yourself, to be to, to boldly and, and arrogantly compare yourself to the living God. He who was and who is and who is to come, he who knows the end from the beginning, he who's alpha and omega. He who doesn't dwell in time, but time dwells in him and has stood well before you and will stand well after you. To be so arrogant 
And oftentimes it's not just a bold arrogance that we just speak, oh, I'm greater than God, but it's by our actions. It's by disobedience. It's by not yielding yourself to the will of God. Arrogance and high thinking shows up in many different ways. It can only, it, it needs but a moment to show up. It can derail the course of where God has set your life. The enemy will always make a godly appearance. The enemy will always make a godly appearance. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. I'm going to stop there. The only reason why anything was good in that garden is because God called it good, not man. But after the conversation with the serpent, the woman saw that it was good for food. Oh, I just want to be a good person. Oh, they're, they're good. Jesus said, when the man walked up on him, teacher, oh, oh good teacher, why do you call me good? What is your, which means, what is your judgment of good? There is no one good. The Bible says your righteousness is as filthy rags before me. There is only one who is good. That's why he says, my name is Jehovah Siskinu. The Lord is my righteousness. Because it's only what God calls good that it is good. Proverbs 21 verse 30 says, there is no wisdom, no understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. This is what this is what has caused many to go astray at one point in time. Because she called it good, but God didn't call that tree good. He said, every other tree is good, but this tree for eating. So. Because she had counsel that stood against God. They fell. Adam fell. At one point in time or another, this has all caused us to go astray. The inability to distinguish what God has said and what man has said or what the enemy has said through man. I want to highlight in the verse Romans 12, 3, the sober mind. The, the root. In that word sober, in the, in the root in that word sober mind in the Semitic language means wisdom. I want to take you back to when Solomon made his, his profound request unto God. Where he asked God for wisdom, he asked God for discernment. I want you to understand the fact that he had to ask for it. The reason he had to ask for it is because we lost it. The reason he had to ask for it is because we lost it and we were designed to function with it. Because I cannot be king over a nation, over your nation, and not have wisdom or wise domain or wise dominion. I had to ask you for what was taken Away from me. We now have to ask. We have to now go get and gather. Which is why the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. And in all your getting, in all your gathering, get an understanding. 
And if you read in the book of Daniel, when the angel came back to him, praising him, saying, because you asked the Lord God for the skill of understanding, understanding is a skill. And with any other skill, it has to be honed. Time has to be spent with it. So now we have to go get what God had already imparted to us because it was taken from us. When what they when when what they had or who they knew left, then the power of influence left. Thus, their presence was no longer needed. Because they considered themselves omnipresent, <laughs> what they knew and who they knew, because they knew what to do from who said it. But when what they knew left because they turned on God, they came away from his word, then the power of influence of they lost their dominion. Thus, their presence was no longer needed. They were put out the garden because no power. Because no longer you no longer have knowledge. Your eyes were open to the world, but closed to God. So you can't even see me in this place. This is why we must turn back and repent. My mother oftentimes highlights that the word repent means to turn back to your highest thought. As the highest room in a in a hotel is the penthouse. Or in a or in a, 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 a building is the penthouse. Return back to the highest place of thinking in him to get back into our God designed and God designated position. Let's talk about thoughts and, and high thoughts for a little bit longer. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. As, a, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Write this down, family. Thoughts yield characterization unto imagination, inducing creation. One more time. Thoughts yield characterization unto imagination, inducing creation. The reason we can do this is because God did it to us. And when he made us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, let us make man in our image. You are made in the image of God. You are a thought of God. You are the character, the characterization of God. He put his word on you. He put his character like instincts in you. He made you into his image. He imagined you. He pictured you as his glowing beacon, radiance and glory. And then he created you, took some dirt, blew into it. Took a rib, built it, and made man and woman. The enemy knows the power of the imagination, the power of an image. And will use it to trump your faith. He must act within the spiritual realm to bring forth earthly consequences. He has to act within the spiritual realm. He has to get into these places of image and imagination before it gets to the ground. In any building that you walk into, in any house that you walk into, in any car that you drive, in any infrastructure that you dwell in, it was a thought in somebody's mind. It was a thought in somebody's mind. I brought this point up often. You go If you go shopping at Walmart, all you're doing is entering, entering into the thoughts of Sam Walton. 
If you go shopping at Walmart, you're, all you're doing is entering into the thoughts of Sam Walton because he thought about it. Hey, where, where? instead of going here to get some tires, instead of going here to get some milk, instead of here going here to get some clothes, why don't we just put it all in one place? And so now we enter into the thoughts of that man to dwell there and do business there and conduct ourselves there. So the enemy knows the power of an imagination and will use it to trump your faith. He must act within the spiritual realm to bring forth earthly consequences because before Walmart got a physical address, it was a spiritual thought. It happened in the unseen realm. We can't see what each other's thinking. We can't, I, can't, I can't look at you and tell you what you are thinking because it's unseen. So the enemy has to navigate in the unseen realm before it makes an earthly appearance. That's why he got into the thoughts of Eve. Oh, he no, he said, you shall not surely die. Hold up, hold on. Let's change your thinking up right quick. God just don't want you to be like him. So this is why the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Because by the time flesh and blood has made its appearance, by the time it has made an earthly appearance, it has already been set and cemented and dealt with in the spiritual realm. Which is why the Bible says, encourages us to take up these the armor. Which is why the Bible tells us to pray. Pray is our reinforcements. Prayer is where we enter into that place of battle, into the spiritual realm. To get to this thing so that when it does make its appearance on earth, it can appear as blessed. Well, as what God called it. Let's talk more about how Satan uses money to affect faith. He, he takes money and turns it into and puts the spirit of mammon on it. My mother read in 1 Timothy uh, on part 2 message 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money... For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith and their greed and their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. For the love, I'm going to read again, for the love, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil from which have strayed from some which have strayed from the faith. So the love of money contends with the faith. You cannot have, you cannot use what God has measured unto you with the affection of money. And when you have the affection of money, it turns mammon. Faith is godliness with contentment. And it will always be challenged by the spirit of mammon, the love of money. Which is why the Bible says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he should hold the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Let's talk about money right quick. Money by itself is innocent. What you saying, minister? What you saying? Money by itself is innocent. I'm going to credit this to Dr. Bishop Roberts Jr. where he said money has a spirit. It doesn't go to a non-Christian or a Christian, but it goes to the person who knows what to do with it. Money is simply a vehicle looking for a driver. It does not care what you do with it. 
or where you go. It only cares that you do with it. And it multiplies in your doing so. Money is, again, money is innocent. First come, first serve. As long as you can take me, move me, and multiply me, I'll respond to you. Money itself does not even want to run out. (laughs) Isn't that a revelation for me? Money itself doesn't even want to run out. Money says, take me, move me, multiply me, and I'll respond to you. That's, That's some of the principles that we talked about in our last message. Take me, move me, multiply me, and I'll respond to you. This is why the Bible says a fool and his money will soon depart because money doesn't like foolishness. It also says when your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. It does, money doesn't even want to be admired. Just do something with me. Multiply me, money says. Which is why a lot of people find themselves chasing money because you had not had enough wisdom in knowing what to do with it. Again, money is innocent. So how does it become mammon? When it becomes master or Lord. We talked about the power of an axe when we talked about uh, a few messages ago when we talked about prayer. That's why the Bible tells us to ask, ask, ask what you need. Make your make your prayer, make your request known unto me. Because I am your Lord. And when you ask me the the principal the principal the key principal uh questions are to an investigation is who what where when why you make an investment you give me your heart when you ask and so when you make inquirements to money this is why Solomon says money answereth all things <laughs> because when you ask or make your request known made known to money now money converts itself into mammon now money is positioning itself or, or you position money over your life and say hey it depends on what you say that I do money is going to respond based on where it's placed this is why God calls us to the bank of grace the origin of the word bank came from the earliest uh, historically documented place of civilization in Mesopotamia. The word the word bank came from the grain banks where money would be exchanged for bread. This is why in the prophetic words of Isaiah chapter 55, ho, everyone who thirsts come to the waters And you who have no money, because you can't bring money up in here, because this is the bank of grace. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not as bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear to me and come to me. Here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies, the sure mercies, the sure mercies, the sure mercies of David. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 in closing. For by grace ye are saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is a gift from God. And family, if you are ready to receive your gift and have not the gift of salvation, the gift and the blessings that God has bestowed upon your life, before your life, that he's spoken over your life.
Repeat this prayer after me. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you hung, bled, and died in my place. You, the Son of God, then rose and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, you are welcomed in this place of my heart. May your spirit never depart. Receive me as I receive you this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Family, I hope that you've been blessed by this series as I've been blessed. Continue in the faith. Don't let it go. Until next time, we love you. One voice, I speak life. Thanks for listening to Disciples Pathway Ministries with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Thanks for your prayers and for your gifts to his great work of God. For booking and requests for services, look up Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook. That's Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.